0: Glad you're here tonight. Appreciate you coming out. If you have your Bibles, we'll go to 2 Peter chapter 3. I want to share some things as I shared this morning. I want to share with you about the end times. But you know, it's not going to be so much as you'll see. You know, Devin, Daniel's seven weeks and millenniums and stuff like that which we are going to get into. But I love the heart of Peter when it comes to the end time. Because to me, This is the message of the end times. Peter's letter. The last thing Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3. This is the last letter he wrote. It's his final words. And it's amazing. You know, what do you say at the end? And this is what Peter is saying. He said, this is my... In verse 1, he says, This is my second letter to you, dear friends. And this is the living Bible. In both of them I have tried... To stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I I love the uh, message. It says, I I, I want to, um, the letters are reminders to hold your minds in a state of undistracted attention. Write that down. Undistracted attention. Undistracted attention. I want to refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the Holy Prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers, mockers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. I want to just stop right there just to start off with if you want to know the signs of the time and you know, understanding what's happening in the Middle East and, and there's so many things to grab a hold of and understand. And we were talking before the service about what a great job men of God like Van Ampey and so many others do. But just to put it in the simple gospel, in the last days, if you want a sign, one of the great signs is there's going to be more mockers and scoffers than ever before. And if we're living a time right now where mockery, and scoffing is in the movies, on the news, in the TVs. If there's ever been a time where we're living in the end times, Peter says, watch out, I want to remind and call your attention and help you get your attention. that' not be distracted because it's going to be easily to be distracted with the mockings, the laughter, the scoffing, the ridicule at believers and about the truth. Be careful to keep your mind and be careful to keep your heart in the last times. And listen, of all things, church, who's talking here? The one who had to see Jesus in the face after he had denied Him three times. Here's the man who's saying, take it from me. I not only lived through seeing my Savior's face when I denied Him, but I have lived all of my life wishing I could take that day back. Because when they mocked my Savior and they mocked me, I joined the mockery, and because of their, their, their influence on me, I denied my Lord. In the last days, as you know, as you can see, it's on, the, it's on Fox News. They're going into churches, and they're urinating and blaspheming holy things that church denominations call holy, urinating on the cross. Just last week they went into a church and it was filmed in this church. And scoffers and mockers went inside. And, and two girls were kissing in front of the church. And they were playing and having just a wild time in front of the whole congregation. And all this was being filmed and it was on the news. They're covering up the cross in, 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 in Notre Dame. They're, they're doing all these different things. And, and they're being free to say it's time to silence the Christians. Every time, everybody else has freedom of speech and everyone else should have the right to do what they want to do, be who they want to be, even become popular through the gross test sin. But let's make sure that we silence the Christians because we want them quiet. If we're ever living in the end times, it's by what Peter said here, it's at the time of mockery. How dare you judge us? How dare you try to tell us we're sinners? And so we see here, part of the end time signs is the mocking of the truth. And he says, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth, following their own desires. I'm going to do what I want. God is a good God. This God you say is God. He's God. He's my God. Muhammad, Buddha, That they're all gods. We all serve a good God. And they're not, they're not going to send us to hell because we're doing what we want to do. After all, our God gave us these desires. They want to be free from all restrictions. So they want to mock the very restrictions that are able to save the soul. And it says here, they will say, what happened? Huh? What happened to the promise of Jesus coming again? I've heard my grandparents saying the same thing and their grandparents saying the same thing. If Jesus was supposed to come, why isn't he already here? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. I don't see no Messiah. I don't see, I don't see Jesus. I don't hear the trumpets. If he's coming, why is he not coming? They deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command. And he brought the earth out of the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up For fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment. When ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. and A thousand years like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises. Some people think no. He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. But he wants everyone to repent. If your God is so loving. How can He send people to hell? My God is so loving. is because he's, he's held His judgment away to continue giving people a chance to repent and turn from their wicked ways. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. And the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise. And the very elements, earth, wind, fire, water, themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found The deserved judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Listen now, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. Hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to new heavens and a new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. I want to stop here for just a moment. And one of the things I want to share with you, I started off speaking as Peter did here. He started speaking the signs of the end times is going to be the mocking and the scoffing. And us Christians, we are quick to say, yes what a terrible time we live in where they're making the atheist and these people on these talk shows are, are making just gross tech remarks about Christians, about Christ. They're making these movies trying to say Jesus was married and had a baby and, and they're trying to bring desecration upon the things which are holy and they're trying to, to uh, tear down the truth and they're, they're tearing apart about the Word of God and fighting over the Word of God and all these different things. They're a bunch of mockers and they're, they're scorners and, and they deserve to go to hell. But Peter ends by saying, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't you realize it's the believers? They are the ones that are in charge of the timing of Christ's return. Do you want Jesus to come back quickly? This is the, about. This is what the end time message is all about. It's not about the golden streets. It's not about the horns. It's not about the crowns. This is what Peter, Peter is saying. This is the end time message. That you better be living holy and blameless lives. And that the bride better be preparing herself. Because Peter says, I want to tell you something. We can talk about the mockers and the scoffers all we want to. But the reason they're mocking and the reason they're scoffing is because they haven't seen a real Christian anyway. The reason they're mocking and they're scoffing is because we haven't done our job in preaching righteousness as it should have been. Why shouldn't they scoff when there's constantly something going on about another man or another woman falling into sin who's known as a godly person and a Christian? Why should they not scoff when we've turned churches into country clubs and we've made sure that everybody's comfortable and everybody's welcome and we don't want to make, we don't want to preach anything on TV or we don't want to preach anything on the radio that could be controversy because, you know, we don't want to make anybody feel bad. They have been more bolder than we have been. And they've taken more stands in what they stand for than we have stood for. We don't have the organizations, as long as we've been around for 2,000 years, where are our organizations standing out and speaking publicly with thousands around? Now we find that if we speak publicly, we're liable to be arrested, as I have showed you video after video after video of even 75-year-old grandmothers being handcuffed and taken to prison for holding a sign about eternity, death, and the wages of sin. What will bring Christ back quickly is the holiness and the purity in the body. That's what Peter says. As you see and you want want to hasten or, or make Jesus come back quickly, then you need to be living your life holy. The bride needs to be preparing herself. The bride needs to be getting herself ready. And and yes, it's interesting to have all the the, uh, pictures up and study all about the book of Revelation. And we're going to study some things. But you know what? I, I hear so many people get so much into what everything means. But who am I? How is my life in the light of the Word of God? I can have all the knowledge of the book of Daniel, Revelation, and Jeremiah. But you know what? I still could be living living like a heathen. And you know what? Why should they respect me if for years we the church go where they go? We do what they do. We smoke what they smoke. We drink what they drink. We watch what they watch. We do what they do. But on Sunday morning, we're going to preach against it and we're going to tell people we don't believe in that. But the rest of the week we practice and they see no difference. We say you shouldn't live with people, but yet we think things and do things we shouldn't do or think. And so just as we can say, oh, look at the scoffers, the mockers. We're hearing hearing things on TV we've never heard before. But there are things that are going on in the body of Christ that has been going on for years. And we have all sinned and we have all come short of the glory of God. And I'm I'm not preaching to the choir, I'm preaching to me. And I'm sharing with you, what's the entire message? Peter said it. He uses the word looking three times. And that word looking means to put action to what you hear and what you see. Be who we're supposed to be. Act like we're supposed to act. Behave like we're supposed to behave. That will hasten the coming of the Lord. He talks about here the scoffers and the mockers. How many of you know at the Tower of Babel they raised their fists at God? Herod spoke. Listen, what do we hear now about such eloquent words? What a speaker. We hear about those in office that can just speak so eloquently. But you know what? Worms ate Herod up. Because when they said he was a god, and he said out of his own mouth, I am a god, he fell over backwards and the worms ate him. Now right now it's the people saying that our president is a god. But woe to the moment that our president ever says he's a god. We won't have to rise up. Korea won't have to rise up. The worms that are waiting in hell will arise and eat whoever we are that's not living our lives right. The Word here in Peter speaks about so many things and he goes back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And he talks about the flood, the great flood, because... In Genesis chapter 1, it speaks about, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes on, And that word there is cosmos, which means, according to Job chapter 39, it talks about everything beautiful and glorious and wonderful. It was so glorious and wonderful, it made the angels rejoice. But in, chapter, but in verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, it says everything was void and ugly. It was just an ink mess, it says in one translation. What happened was what God created in verse 1 that was beautiful and acceptable, the pre-Adamic race was destroyed by a flood. It says there that the waters covered that and destroyed what God had created before. It was destroyed with the judgment of Lucifer. And what Peter is bringing up is that the judgment over Lucifer and the fallen angels is going to be the judgment on this earth just like it was then. But it's not going to be destroyed by water. If you read this in, in, in concordances and you study this in Second Peter, there is a fire that has been deposited in the, in the universe and in the earth. And I have showed you all these videos about the planets. And what's going to happen on the end times is that the fire that has been deposited in the sun and in the galaxies and in the planet and the fire that's been deposited in the earth is going to be loosed. Because just like the atomic bomb in Hiroshima, and man can take an atom and, and just blow up, and, and you can see all these people just disappear at a moment's notice. The one who created all the atoms is going to speak the word, and this earth that we know, and everything that man has built, that, that God is not going. God does not want to look anything. Look at anything that reminds him of this earth and everything on it now. He he doesn't want to see anything man has made. He is going to destroy it and the word says he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. But there is a fire that is deposited that is going to blow up and it's going to burn and it's going to destroy. And it's going to be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. The mockers are not only those who have been at the gates of Sodom and Gomorrah saying, we have the rights and that we need to do this and that, but the the, the judgment will also come upon Lot and his wife and his daughters who have been living at the gate, not warning the people, but living and adjusting to the lifestyle of the people. Lot should have been warning them. We were talking about this a little before service. Lot should have been warning them. If you don't change the way you live, he was sitting at the gate, which means he was a senator more or less. If you don't change the way you're you're, you're living, I've seen the judgment of God. and The judgment of God is going to come upon the city and destroy us all. And then the angels came and they proclaimed, We're going to send far. We're going to send, God is going to send far and it's going to destroy you. But then Jesus went ahead and preached, If you think the days of Sodom and Gomorrah was something, the end time is going to be so much more worse and it's going to be beyond the natural mind. Everything known to man is going to be destroyed. Every building, every office, every monument, every temple, every tabernacle, every church, everything is going to be destroyed there's going to be nothing left because God says, I'm going to make all things new. And then He's going to take you and I and He's going to put us in places to rule and reign with Him. And that's going to be great and awesome. But the thing that I'm concerned about now is is Peter is saying here, how are we living our lives presently? He is saying... I want to remind and stimulate your minds and I want to put you in remembrance. Church, I want to put you in remembrance with all the teaching on the end time and all that's about to happen and all the things that will progress in the millennium and the thousand year reign of Christ and all these things. But all of this is to put your mind that you better be living your life right and you better be like the five wise virgins that have their, kept their oil and they have kept themselves prepared and that this message of the end times is not to make you only excited about heaven It's about making you live a life of holiness So that the world will see holiness That they will see transparency That that, that they will see finally A people who live up And who are being transformed By beholding the glory of Jesus Christ It's not just about pointing, preachers pointing their fingers and saying, you rotten sinner, you dirty low down, you're going to hell. No, it's about living the life that it's not just by what we're saying, but it's by what we're living that it's causing the world to see. There's something about these Christians as it was in the book of Acts. There has to be a change in our lives. When we see, oh Jesus is coming soon, hallelujah. Yeah, thank God I'm looking forward to the river of life. I'm looking forward to the fruit that never dies. I'm looking forward to to the streets of gold and seeing my Jesus. That is gonna is beyond imagination. But I want to think about now, tonight. What are my plans after church? What are my plans tomorrow and during the week? How is my life pleasing God now? So that when I stand before Him, when I have to answer from my actions, which is said time and time again that we will. And I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be prepared. The end time message is about a bride without spot and wrinkle who has made herself ready. And Peter is teaching these things. Come out and be separate from them. Come out from among them. You cannot stay among the scoffers and the mockers. And you cannot stay with the lukewarm. You cannot stay around the lukewarm and not become lukewarm yourself. You cannot stay around an addict and not become an addict yourself. You cannot stay around a lustful person and not become a lustful person yourself. You cannot stay around someone who compromises and not end up compromising yourself. Peter is saying, I want to stimulate your mind. I want to put you in remembrance. First of all, you need to know that in the last days, mockers are going to have, this is the message Bible, mockers are going to have a heyday. Listen, we haven't seen nothing yet on TV, in the media, in the movies. They got this book, this movie by this atheist called Religious or something like that. And all it does is mock the body of Christ. But all those who mock and, and deny Christ and even, even those who do and even deny even the work of holiness. Are going to be judged alone with Satan and his demons. The glorious thing, the good news you and I have, it says that those who live holy and godly lives, you should live looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it alone alone. And on, one, on that day, He will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in flames, verse 15 says. But we are looking forward to the new heavens. In other words, thank God, we who are living holy and blameless lives will already have been taken in the rapture. And we're going to be watching all this from above. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I don't feel like getting scorched. I don't feel like I don't want to spend an eternity... In the fires of hell. Oh, yeah, but how do we really know that exists? Because there's so many scoffers and mockers who say it don't. Makes me believe there's a lot of fear going on that there may be. And it's like we were at a church. The guys and I and the pastor there got to interview a, 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 a lady who's well known in the porn cycle. And he interviewed her in church. And this was filmed on a station. Uh, I forgot which station. And so the, the, this prostitute, I mean this, uh, this uh, porn queen and her boyfriend was sitting on the stage with this pastor and they were asking questions. And they were talking and, you know, she was talking about, well, you know, God created sex and, you know, they were having all their conversation. But when she got off the platform and started, walk, started walking away with her with her boyfriend and manager, she says, what if we're wrong? What if we're wrong? What if we're wrong and there is a hell and there is a judgment? Then everything we've worked for, everything we sold ourselves for, everything we've compromised in, everything we did to get the nice cars, the nice house, the money, the fame, the private jets, everything we got to get everything we want, it's all going to be burnt up in a moment. It's all going to be destroyed. And then there's going to be an eternity of paying the penalty of having denied and not accepted Christ Jesus. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. He says, if you, you desire to see Christ come, live a holy life. The end time motivation is to live right for Christ, not living according to the lust of the flesh. Now, this word, it says, uh, verse 3, knowing. This word to know means, if you're taking notes, it means to be aware of. To be aware of. To be sure of and understand. It means to feel. It means to change and transform. To change and transform. Make up our mind. Make up our mind. And that our attentions... And we settle our opinions fixed on the fixed determination and destiny and purpose of God. Our opinions, our intentions are set on the determined plan of God. Verse 5 says, but be willing. And that word willing in the Wiest uh, translation This is what that word willing means. They allow things to escape their own will. Or in other words, I know what the Bible says, but I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. Listen to this. That word willingly means they willfully forget. You know, it's easy to willfully forget that the Bible says thou shalt not commit adultery. It is easy to willfully forget. You shall not covet or you shall not lie or you shall not bear false witness. It's easy to forget these things, willingly forget. Well, you know what? Right now is not a good time, Holy Spirit, to convict me because I really, really want to do this. This is not really a good time to be reminded, oh, about that that I'm not supposed to quench the Holy, the Holy, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I'm not just talking about the baptizer and the resurrection. I'm talking about the holiness. The Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of me. That word willingly means they willfully forget. Of their own will, they shut their eyes to the fact. Of their own will, they shut their eyes to the fact. And that's why I'm saying what the entire message is about is that the need that we as the body of Christ, we need the grace of God. None of us are perfect. We all need the grace of God. We need to be praying that we not enter into temptation. Amen, church. I mean, I know I'm looking at a lot of mature Christians and I know y'all don't have half the problems I have, right? I know that. So so I I know that we all have our different battles. But I know one thing. It is so easy to willfully look the other way. And to ignore the dealings and the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And to willfully close my eyes and say, Well, you know, I've got to follow the dictates of the flesh. You know, I want that so bad. I desire that so bad. I need to be accepted. I need to be wanted. Young people, I need to be accepted and wanted to the point to where I'm willing to give up my virginity. In the backseat of a car, are out in the woods because I want to be like the other girls or like the other guys. I'm, I'm willingly... To, to, to listen to that music even though that it is the it, it, it slipknot is the result of so many suicides and, and, and murders and, 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 and these others are so many uh, it has so much to do with with premortal sex it has so much to do with the idolatry and the paganism in the world but yet if I just close my eyes to it and if I just look the other way and I just close my ears to it then I don't really have to listen to it but if, if I just stay around that crowd and just pretend like I'm not listening to it then maybe it won't be as bad But the thing about it is, what you don't think your natural ears are hearing, your spirit's picking up on, your heart is picking up on, and you're you're receiving things into your life that when it comes time and the pressure comes, you'll not be able to say no, and it will drag you down and continue to drag you down. And every time I decide to close my eyes and do something, every time I decide to say no to the Holy Spirit, don't convict me. Don't don't, don't convict me about that. I've got to do that every time I say that. and, And it's okay for believers to go to who? It's okay for believers to go here and to go there. It's okay, you know, it's not real bad. I see worse at the beach that you shouldn't be at that beach. Because, you know, I don't have a problem with lust, so, you know, I'm just going to go ahead. Listen, there's grandmas in this church, 75 years old, that turn their heads at a young man. Because I hear it. They came out with that movie, One Night with the Queen. I mean, One Night with the King. Timmy Turner. No, not Timmy Turner. Timmy, Tommy Tenney. Tommy Tenney made that movie, One Night with the King. And you should have heard the blessed saints of the Most High God saying, What a man, what a man, what a man. Oh, that don't bother me. Almost had to get a pacemaker. It's gotten quiet in here. Oh, Sister Judy, I know you don't have a problem. She's shaking her head no. But, but us, the church, willingly close our eyes to the fact. It means the denial. The denial. But Peter says, willingly, verse 3, go ahead and deny and close your eyes to the fact. But the truth is, just like there was a devastating flood that took everything out between verses 1 and 2, there's going to be a devastation, fire, and explosion, and total destruction of the planets, of the galaxies, of the sun and of the earth. And this world is going to be totally destroyed. And life is going to be judged and, and burnt. And everything we close our eyes about and everything we look the other way about. Is it really going to matter? Is it really going to matter when things are destroyed through the judgment of God? The great thing about it is, is that God is waiting, giving a chance for man to repent. Repent. He says all these things are being kept in store. Perdition, to be delivered, eternal misery, the ungodly, the destitute. He says in verse 8 Be ignorant, which means to be hidden, to stop allowing this to be hidden from you, not to let one thing escape you. Know that the judgment of God is at hand. There is going to be a price to pay, there is no getting out of it once it falls. The timing of the last days. It goes on to say. They conveniently forget. Isn't it something? They conveniently forget. That long ago all the galaxies. And this very planet was brought into existence. Out of the watery chaos of God's word. Then God's word brought the chaos back. Back in a flood that destroyed the world. The current galaxies and earth. Are fuel. For the final fire. This is the message translation. The current galaxies and earth are fuel for the final fire. God is posed and ready to speak His word again. Ready to give the signal for the judgment and destruction of the discrediting skeptics. Then Paul goes on to say, Don't overlook the obvious here, friends. With God one day is as good as a thousand years and so forth and so on. God isn't late with His promises, some measure of lateness. He is restraining Himself on account of you. Holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He is giving everyone space and time to change. Isn't he God good? Yes. Now the thing we have to understand, Paul goes on to talk, Peter goes on to talk about here, that when he does come, he's going to be in the twinkling of an eye. So many people say, well, you see, the Bible says that God has given me a chance to change. So, you know, I'll change in the future. It doesn't work that way, baby. It doesn't work that way. And especially the way that violence is increasing even in our nation and in the world. I thank God already that if I wake up tomorrow, I have been able to live six months out of this year. Because we're living in times now we don't know whether we could end up waking up dead if you do that. A bomb, an attack. It's been prophesied that we'd be having war upon this land uh, not long from now. That was prophesied last year. We know we're living on the end times. And God is saying, if you know you're living in the end times and you know that I'm giving you a chance to, to turn your life around and to repent, then look at my judgments in the book of Exodus and look at the attitude of the scoffers and the mockers when Pharaoh said, who is this God of Israel that I should listen to? Who is this God of Israel, of the church of Jesus Christ that I should heed and listen to? Who is this God that these believers are speaking about and singing about? Who is this God of those who are standing in front of abortion clinics and saying that you are not conveniently fixing your life, you are conveniently murdering and you will be judged for murder unless you repent? And as you read there, and it's such a comical message that Jesse the has preached one more night with the frogs. And and you know, it's real laughable and, and it's real funny to hear, you know, one more night with the frogs, there's frogs in the frying pans, and go into all of that. But the point still stands true. Lord, one more night in my sin. One more night in closing my eyes at something I shouldn't be doing. One more night in closing my ears at something I shouldn't be listening to. One more night with meeting with those I shouldn't be meeting with. One more night of entertaining. And it goes into say this in other scriptures. We don't have time to get there tonight. But it goes in another translation said, One more night entertaining thoughts that I shouldn't be entertaining. One more night of just doing and letting free my desires and my passions. God's a good God. He'll let it all go. He'll forgive me. But Jesus gave us the scriptures were quoted, but thou fool don't know that this night your very soul will be required of you. And so we want to hear about the end times. We want the end time message. Brother and sister, the end time message is a sobering message. And the truth of the matter is the end times message is a wake up call that he said, be holy as I'm holy. Look into my face and behold me and be transformed in my image. You're transforming my image and my likeness and my creation after your own appetites. But I judge that. I'm calling you to create things and to live life according to what you see me do. Live a life after me. And I know, yeah, I know we live in a body that's flesh and blood. And I know these flesh and blood bodies have his appetites. I have my appetites. I have my desires. I have my things that I have to fight for you and I. But I do know that there is pressure being put upon this country. That there's going to be a remnant come out. That's going to be willing to be ostracized and be put aside and be looked down upon and be mocked and be ridiculed and say, go ahead and laugh and go ahead and mock. But I know that when I see Jesus, my conscience is going to be clear because I am not seeing what I can get by with. The word of God is clear what is accepted and not accepted. And Peter says, you willingly ignore what I'm telling you to do. But I'm trying to stir up your mind and stir up your heart that after this death comes the judgment. He goes on to say, says everything here today might be as well gone tomorrow. This is verse 11 in the message. Do you see how essential it is for you to live a holy life? Listen to this. Daily expect the day of God. Now, there's something interesting in the King James Bible. The King James Bible says in verse 10, the day of the Lord, which is the day of the rapture. But the verse 11 says, uh, verse 12 says, looking for the coming of the day of God. The day of God is the day of judgment. Thank God I don't want to be here in the day of God. I want to be taken up with the day of Jesus. How about you? Amen. Amen. But he says, when you see these things, make sure you're living your life holy. And acceptable. You know, even as Americans, we think we're we're the apple of God's eye. And that we are the most privileged chosen ones. To live like we desire. And we got freedom of religion. We have freedom of speech. And so we can just do whatever we want to. But not, not according to the laws of God. So Peter is saying, you want an end time message? How's your life? How's your thought life? How does the word sound coming out of your mouth? What are your attractions? How's your heart? It's not about seeing what we can get away with. It's about getting our heart ready for God. He says there's going to be two people working the field. One will be taken, one will be left. There'll be two people sleeping in a bed. One will be taken, the other left. There'll be one in the road. One will be taken, one will be left. I want to live this day as holy as I can, and then tomorrow as I can, in case tomorrow's the day I don't want to be left. You do not want to be left. You do not want to be left. I see the destruction coming upon this earth. He's saying, and seeing then that word there, there's a reality check the things we put so much labor in and what the world is saying is so important is about ready to be dissolved at the blink of an eye. And all this world and everything built will be gone. Considering that shouldn't be living a life, uh, considering that should be the reason we're living a life pleasing to God, walking with Him, paying attention uh, to, to what is trying to even distract us from God, from the day of the Lord. And that word look, let me give you this definition and I'll get ready to close here. The word look that is used time and time again, I've got it underlined uh, a number of times uh, here between verses 12 and 14. It says, look and looking, that word look in the Greek means earnest anticipation and expectation. What am I anticipating? What am I expecting? Well, a lot of people are expecting that Jesus has not come yet. He probably won't come tomorrow or this week either. thing about it is, buddy, is you don't know if that's true or not. There is nothing holding Him back from coming tonight. No one knows the hour. And so he saying, what are you anticipating? He says, be motivated. Be motivated by your eternal destiny. Say motivated. motivated. Be motivated to live a life that is pleasing to God in every area. That's what the end times message is. Motivation to live your life right. Well, you know, if I could just get to heaven by the skin of my teeth, you don't want to do that. I'm like you. I'm, if I get to heaven, I'm going to dance. I don't want to see no crowns. I just want to dance. Thank God I made it. I want to, I want to kiss the gate. I want to kiss Peter's feet. Uh, whoever's going to let me in, I'm going to, I to. I, I just thank God that I'm there. But you know what? I am. I'm believing God that I can make it more on just the skin of my teeth. Because what motivates me is that my Jesus, who paid such a price, who who, who went through so much scourging, so much pain, He deserves... He deserves more than just getting by. me getting by by the skin of my teeth. My Jesus is worthy of more just Sunday morning. My Jesus is more of just singing when the choir sings. My Jesus is more than just praying when I feel I need to pray because I'm in trouble and I need to be bailed out. My Jesus... The motivation of serving Jesus is more than than just what He's done for me. He saved me. Just who He is is motivation enough. Like David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper on the house of my God. The motivation on the mission field to stay and to continue. The motivation here, the motivation on a daily life is that I just want to be pleasing to Jesus. I want people to be able to look and see and point and say, that person is genuine and that person is true. And if there would be anything read in my eulogy here in Pineville, if there was to be anything said, I've already told God what I would want to be known for as being someone who represented him. Amen. And that I was true and I was genuine and I was transparent and, and, and I did not put dirt on the name of Jesus Christ. And I did not do things that I shouldn't did. And even though I wasn't perfect, and I said a bunch of stuff from the pulpit that I should have never said that's on tape, and there's a lot of things that is going on, and you know it. But if I could know that at my eulogy, that my heart was right, that I died in my sleep, and I know my heart was right, and Jesus, I did everything I could to live for Him, that I would say, I'm a blessed and I'm a happy man. And Peter's saying, there is coming a judgment. But there's also coming a day. And we want Jesus to come so much. I know everybody wants Jesus to come even more now that we're in recession. I know a lot of people want Jesus to come so that their debt be paid. But you know, I've actually prayed. Father, it would be your will. Don't come now. Because there'd be too many people that will die and spend an eternity in hell. And I want to be taken because I want an easy life. I'd rather put up with whatever I'm going to have to put up with if his coming is prolonged so that more people, Christians included, will truly be converted, saved, changed, and transformed. That's what I believe Peter was saying. Don't get caught denying Him. Get caught proudly, boldly proclaiming that Jesus Christ is my Savior. That Jesus Christ is my Lord. That I am a Christian and not because my name is on a roll and a letter that can be mailed. I have, I am proud to decree that I have given my back to the world and the things of this world and though it has separated me from so many things that might could bring pleasure I have found that the greatest pleasure is knowing that there is an intimacy in my heart with my King and my Savior and my Lord that I can praise Him and I can worship Him and I can get before Him and there is something real on the inside of me that goes up and something real that comes down I experience the Holy of Holies I, have to, I can experience the Holy of Holies And go before my God and keep This is not religion This is life This is life This is life And God knows That everything we do And all that we try to do To the best of our ability is not to put on a show It's not for entertainment There's a message And there's one time Sometimes there's one time To get that message to a person I remember that lady who came in here and got saved. And six days later, she hit a tree, broke her neck, and she died. She got it by six days. The Word of God said some will be saved by like a stick with still the smoke on it. I don't want the smell of smoke. That's the perfume of Satan. I want the fragrance of the alabaster choice. That I've broken the perfume at the feet of Jesus, not seeing Him personally yet, but every day, because I love you. That's the only way. That motivation, and through the grace of God, is the way we better fight the temptation to sin, to fall, to mess up. Because my motivation is that I want to please my Lord. You know, I still have cassettes and cards and letters from my mom and dad. You know, I've got cards that they wrote us on the mission field and they said, Russ and Cindy, we are so proud of you. Though we were living, preaching in dirt floors and living in huts and... There was really nothing to brag about or anything like that. They were proud of us. That still means things to me. And then I've gotten letters and cards and I've got folders in my office of your cards and letters. where y'all tell me things that mean so much to me? But my motivation to continue going, brother, buddy, is I know I'm doing it all for Jesus not doing it for Russell Cobb, I'm not I'm not doing it for Word or Grace totally. My number one motivation is that I'm doing this for Jesus. So when they say how many people you got, really don't know because I don't think the counting's correct. <laughs> I'm an evangelist, brother. We've got a lot more than that. Come on. you got to add to it. Some dogs and cats came in here. Count them. <laughs> Count every leg, not every head. <laughs> I want to talk to the worship team. I want to talk to the volunteers. I want to talk to the teachers. I want to talk to the saints, to the tithers and the givers, the worshipers in the auditorium. The bound for life. The hospitality. The motivation is Jesus, on, and with that, I don't need a cur- uh, uh, furlough. I don't need a break after a week because I'm already tired. Because I volunteered and it almost destroyed me. <laughs> I hate kids. Why did I volunteer for the nursery? I hate washing dishes. Why did I volunteer for the hospitality? We join and quit. And that's okay for a beginning. But what does Jesus want me to do? And when I know that, there is no quitting. Because I'm not doing this for a feeling. I'm doing it for my king. Uh, when I play, <laughs> thank you, buddy. Uh, when I play that guitar, those drums, that keyboard, when I sing, when I come to practice, when I have to get here early and I'm tired and I don't feel like it, when I got to do all the pastor stuff and do everybody else's stuff and then still prepare my, my stuff and, and all these different things that people have to do, there's a payday coming because there's the just steward who was given two talents and he turned those talents into another talent. And so I pray your motivation for the youth, your motivation for whatever we do. Peter's saying, I hope it's motivated for the king and the kingdom. And that if some get late, some act like they don't like it, some act like they don't appreciate it. Some act like you're not reaching them and you're trying so hard and, and, and whatever happens and the crowd don't come or whatever it may is. Well, you know what? The crowd's not my motivation. The success rate is not my motivation. My motivation is Jesus is saying, keep it up, buddy. Amen. Keep it up, daughter. Keep it up. Amen? I didn't get in half of my stuff. I tell you, I mean, I had all of this and I had all of this and all kind of other stuff. And But you know what? I believe what was said needed to be said. And I believe you're mature enough and of age and of new wineskin right. to receive it. And you say, well, Pastor, I'm living a good life. Well, Peter said to remind you and stir your minds up. Yeah, that's right. And I guess I just have to stir my mind up.